Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Have you ever wondered what happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your book today on Amazon. Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fulton. The Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Vault, Vault Volume one. 1. Bill Dundee, Super Mix Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Wrestling This is the golden boy, Jordan Clearwater, the prettiest player in the game, the king of Clearwater Beach, and the golden boy with all the golden toys. And you are listening to the Wrestleville Podcast. You're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and today's guest is Jordan Clearwater. How you doing, Jordan? I'm doing fantastic this morning, Vinny. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be able to sit down and talk with uh, fans and people that are passionate of the wrestling industry. So I am very much looking forward to getting to talk to you further. Oh, yeah, man. Me too. Me too. Uh, you know, just go ahead and please give us a brief description of your career, how long you've been wrestling, and where you're at now. Certainly. So I started in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, with the Northern Wrestling Federation training under Roger Ruffin. Uh, I've been wrestling for over seven years now, which is very hard to believe. <laughs> so, uh, and currently I'm in California. I wrestle for the National Wrestling Alliance and uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling on their New Japan Strong series that airs out of New Japan of America. So things have been going quite well. Uh, no longer live in the bread bowl, um, so to speak, but it's been so cool to be able to travel the country and get to see all you know the different areas of the world. Yeah, so you got a lot going on and, and that's going to make for an interesting conversation. Why don't we just start off with you know, how you got started? You, you know, where you grew up and how you got started and how you met Roger. Yeah. So, you know, I, my family wasn't necessarily predisposed to professional wrestling. So outside of maybe my grandparents and my uncles, maybe watching um, from time to time, I kind of discovered professional wrestling on my own by flipping through the channels and finding Monday Night Raw, you know, once uh, on the USA Network. And I saw Triple H, this figure who was just revered at the time uh people were cheering him he was the champion you know he had green lights all of my favorite things and just uh tan and jack so i thought you know man that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do that that seems cool growing up i i went to a bunch of different wrestling schools you know um ohio valley wrestling um a couple of schools in georgia in order to find a place that would be a best best fit for me lo and behold i found one which was right in my backyard which was the northern wrestling federation and that's where i met roger at the age of 16 
Now, unfortunately, I couldn't train at the age of 16, so I had to wait a couple of years until I became old enough. But uh, I started training with uh, the Northern Wrestling Federation in 2015, uh, and that was there until about 2018. So it was a great experience uh, learning under Roger. Yeah, talk about the Northern Wrestling Federation and in, in, in its history. And it goes back uh, quite some time, but just talk a little bit about what they provide and, and how you think they prepared you. That's a fantastic question because the NWF goes back 20, 30 years. I have so much respect for Roger and for all the people that paved the way for that school to, to remain open still to this day. I mean, I don't think people give Roger enough credit. That's a long time to be running an independent professional wrestling promotion and a school, you know, out of Cincinnati, Ohio. And think of some of the names that came through there. You know, we're talking about Abyss, uh, Jillian Hall. Uh, Carl Anderson, you know, Wildcat Chris Harris, and all of these people, it speaks volumes about the NWF because all of these people have had a hand in my career at some point in time, regardless of whether they were working for the biggest promotion in the earth, you know, WWE, or they were working for an AEW or a TNA or Ring of Honor at the time, you know, and I think that just speaks to their legacy, uh, the NWF's legacy, and Ultimately, that's how Roger helped prepare everybody that came through the NWF. You know, it is a professional promotion, uh, one of the most professional you can find. Uh, they put on family-friendly content on a weekly basis, and doing that for 30 years is just, it's just unheard of uh, at that level. Yeah, and if you, you have no idea uh, what goes into promotion, I worked for an MMA promotion for a couple years, and let me tell you something. Hair pulling. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I mean, that's uh, MMA, wrestling, you know, boxing. I couldn't do it. Uh, I think about it all the time. You know, being a fan, I want to be, you know, it also a wrestler and also in the business too. You know, I get to be able to do both. But the more I think about the business aspect, I'm like, wow, you know, that's that's a level of work that's just unprecedented uh, with, you know, such little return at times. What do you think that the, the, most important thing that Roger instills in his students? What do you think that is? I think it's being professional. I, I think it's a term that's overlooked today. And when I say professional, it's the little things. It's etiquette. You know, professional wrestling is based off of respect and loyalty because uh, you have your life in somebody else's hands every time you're out on the other side of that curtain. And you shouldn't take that responsibility lightly. So Roger trains his students to be, uh, you know, on time, prompt, professional, well-spoken, well-dressed. It doesn't necessarily mean we're pulling up to the show in a, a three-piece suit and a limousine, you know. However, there is a level of, of expectation that you should have when you dress um, and speak to a promoter. So uh, things of that nature that you learn just in business, you know, that transcend professional wrestling. It's those type of skills that I feel students don't necessarily learn today that will help propel their career if they did, you know, because those are the types of people that promoters want to work with. I mean, being a promoter of an MMA show, could you imagine, you know, your, your star showing up late, no call, no show, drunk, you know what I mean? Hi, whatever, you know, reeking, smelling. Nobody wants to be around a smelly person in the locker room. So you spend more time with these guys in the back than you do wrestling them. And it might as well uh, be professional and, and a good person while you're doing it. As a wrestler, how has it helped you grow in your skill as, as an athlete, you think? It, it, it brings a sense of confidence to, to your performance. 
you know, to know that that you have all of the other boxes checked, you know, to know that you're there on time, you know your opponent, um, you're professional, you introduce yourself. It's a part of the networking aspect, right? To help get you other opportunities, but through the curtain, you carry yourself the same way. You know, there are some there are some rules of thumb that Roger teaches in order for performers to be performers and to really accept that character role while going through the curtain, but also remaining humble on the other side of the curtain. Uh, you know, professional wrestling is what it is. It's sports entertainment. So we have to learn to be entertaining and we have to learn to not take ourselves too seriously sometimes, you know, because that's some of the most entertaining aspects of pro wrestling, you know, coming from it from a fan's perspective. I love to see the wrestler having just as much fun in the ring as I am, you know, booing or cheering them on the outside of the ring. You know, I talked to you a little bit about uh, the uh, how I got to know the NWF and and I went back through some photo catalogs probably to about 2015 I guess that was about when you started but I looking through the catalog you know the the seven year catalogs that I had to to look through you know there's some people in 2015 that are still there now and there's some people that were there that you know I didn't see in the later years but what one thing I did notice was that a lot of these these wrestlers you know had uh like these colorful personalities i mean and it came out in the pictures you could see yes it. yes and if it, that that's a great point i i love the airport test right the airport test is something where when you walk through an airport does somebody look at you and think that's somebody you know i don't know who that person is but that's a somebody when you flip across their their photo does their does their charisma come out off the page at you? And you're like, man, that's somebody I've got to go see. Or wow, you know what I mean? That looks like somebody that's having a lot of fun. Uh, that's a part of what Roger teaches. And it's probably the most important aspect in professional wrestling because we've got to be able to attract the people that might not watch professional wrestling. You know, the moms, the dads with their kids that drag them to the show. We want them to come back as a family. You know what I mean? Um, the professional wrestling fans are going to come back because they're fans of the sport, but we have to be larger than life in order to get the people that are even tougher, which are, you know, maybe a casual fan or somebody off the streets that might know, not might, you know, might not know anything outside of The Rock or John Cena. Right. Absolutely. And that's what I like so much about, you know, uh, wh what I do is, you know, I watch independent wrestling. I write about independent wrestling, you know? Yes, everybody knows everybody who's on TV, but there's people out there that that are, I mean, investing their time and their, their life for, for years doing wrestling, and they just don't, not everybody gets the, rec the same recognition, you know? Exactly. I mean, we're talking 20, 30 years, and the, the, the toll on your body is no different, you know, in independent wrestling, you mentioned guys like Barrett Brown, when we were chatting earlier, Barrett and I have gotten to know each other, and he's been in the business uh, for a good period of time, and I can promise you that he's traveled just as many miles and put just as much strain and wear and tear in his body as maybe even somebody that's at the top level, 
you know, and we're doing it for a hot dog and a handshake as the joke goes. Uh, but also we're investing in gear and gas and, and food. I mean, you have to think that this is, um, this is a business in our eyes, but it's not a business that turns a profit very often, you know, so it truly is for the love and the passion of the sport uh, and the fans too, you know, that get to kind of experience that on that level. Right, right. Who are some of the, the, the names that you could just think of, uh, uh, off the top of your head at the Northern uh, Wrestling Federation that that have potential or people who, you know, young wrestlers who are, you know, have a really good possibility to branch out of Cincinnati? Oh, man, great question, because I think that's a that's question goes twofold, because I know the people that I was there that I might have had had help you know, a hand helping hand in training. And uh, if you want to call it that, or maybe people that I have experience with, and then there's a whole new crop of students that I really haven't had a chance to meet yet. But I was back at the NWF locker room in January um, and I got to meet a lot of them. So I can tell you that the future for the business is brighter than ever. Um, and opportunities today are way better than they were even in 2015. You know, we have AEW, we have the Performance Center looking at any and everybody, not just skilled professional wrestlers. You know, we have so many different opportunities. So I want to say that first uh, and foremost, but people like uh, their current NWF champion, Adam Swayze, is a great uh, contender for somebody that can do major things in the business. Austin, or we call him Star Rider at the NWF, is another person that has that potential. Josh, uh, Nicole, uh, other names, other young up-and-coming professional wrestlers that have proven themselves at the NWF. And now some of them maybe might not want to take that next step for either personal reasons, professional reasons, whatever their goals are. But regardless, I think those names, and then there are a whole list of other names that I failed to mention right now that can make it. And I've seen the talent and the ability. The question is, can they put that passion behind it? You know, can that drive take them to that next step, put it all on the line to risk it, uh, to get the major reward or to learn, to fall flat on your face and to learn. I mean, failure is always a success in my book. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it can definitely, it can, yeah, it can backfire. Wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It can backfire. I've had, uh, I've had opportunities backfire on me and you know what, it's only made me stronger. So uh, you have to learn to try. If you fail, then at least you know that you attempted. If you never failed, then you, you know, who knows who would have ever known. What do you think you would be uh, without the Northern Wrestling Federation? I mean, could you even imagine? No, I think I'd be a totally different person. You know, I discovered who I, who I, a part of who I was personally and professionally uh, at the NWF, as a as a character, uh, you go through these stages of who am I? You know, as a person, I know we live through that on a daily basis. You know, this constant struggle of figuring out who we are and and who we want to be. And Roger and the NWF helped mold that, helped mold me over time. So I feel like I would just be a totally different person. I most certainly would not be the golden boy today if it wasn't for the NWF. <laughs> right, right. And talk to us a little bit about your time with the National Wrestling Alliance and what, you know, how that all came about. It's got to be pretty exciting. I am a NWA fan. I, you know, it has a special place in my heart. And I mean, I still hold it in high regard. What, what, what does it mean to you? Yes. Billy Corgan did a podcast recently and he said it so good. 
um, because there's lineage in a lot of professional wrestling promotions, but there is no lineage unlike the NWA. Getting into professional wrestling, did I know the ins and the outs of the AWA, the NWA, the territories? Of course not. You know, I came in at an era where John Cena was the champion and or Triple H was the champion, you know, more modern day superstars. So I wasn't exposed at first, but over time I went back and I learned to appreciate and actually love that era of wrestling even more so than I do today. I mean, if you look at my character uh, itself, you see um, callbacks to the Von Erichs, callbacks to Hogan, callbacks to Rick Rude, you know, and, and the NWA, it's the best place for me to get to, uh, you know, reminisce and bring back kind of the old era style into my new character. It's the best place. Billy Corgan says um, that we're the middle road of professional wrestling, right? We have the old school feel with the new school wrestling today. And that's the type of product that we put on. But there is no lineage unlike the NWA. You know, the idea that I could hold a title that was once held by one of the greats is, you know, that means something to me. Um, more so than the actual championship, if that makes sense, just via the lineage. So uh, the National Wrestling Alliance is, has been a blessing. Um, I could tell you the story of, of, how it, of how it started during COVID. Uh, in 2020, you know, the country shut down, uh, which actually turned out to be a large opportunity for me because that's when I got the call to do New Japan Strong. And after a couple months of tapings, I had a dark match with Nick Aldis, which ended up airing on uh, NWA Shockwave at the time, which was a part produced by Dave Marquez, who I also work with in, in, in California. So long story short, I, um, I, I got the message, you know, from the NWA late December, early January, that they wanted to use me on this revamped version of their programming. And it's been a blessing ever since. I mean, I can't think of a more helpful, respectful locker room. It's such a pleasure to be at the tapings and you know, I've learned so much as a, as a person and as a professional with the NWA. Um, it's been a blessing. It, it truly has been. Billy Corgan, I think, took over the NWA in about 2017, the summer of around that time. And uh, when, when you look back from that time to now, I mean, wow, right? Wow. I mean, NWA was, I mean, you could call it dead for a long time period of time. I mean, sure, they had active, um, I don't want to call the NWA dead, you know, because the championship was still being defended, the rights were still out there, but there was no mainstay promotion, you know, we went through the territory system to kind of the promotional TNA, um, some people were a part of it, some people weren't, and then all the rights were bought by um, uh, Billy, but I think it was for the best because look at where they've gone. You know, we've gone from um, doing sporadic shows at sporadic promotions to, to running weekly episodic television with NWA Power, introducing NWA USA on the weekends, um, six pay-per-views this year and all women's pay-per-view last year. And we're traveling the country. You know, we're not doing it in, in just one studio in Atlanta. We're doing it in Missouri. We're doing it in Knoxville. We're doing it in Nashville. We're doing it you know, hopefully in Dallas soon, you know, we're doing it all over the country. And so uh, I think that speaks to the health and wellness of the NWA as well. Sure, because Billy got a lot of criticism in the very beginning, you know, he talked about his 20 year plan and everyone was like, well, how could you do that? And, but if you watch the growth of the product and, and just the, 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 the moves that he's been making, obviously he's a very smart 
and successful businessman already, right? So, you know, he's applying what he knows with uh, the music industry and the wrestling and whatever he's doing is working because I'm, I'm so impressed with, with the product. Well, I love to hear that. I mean, because we, we sacrifice as wrestlers, you know, we sacrifice those hours and those days aren't, aren't, you know, short days. Sometimes they can be 12 to 16 hour days in studio, four to five days a week, you know, putting on this programming. So it's, you know, it can be difficult to kind of translate that passion um, unless you have a good leader. And I couldn't have asked for a better leader in, in Billy because uh, being that, you know, he is so uber successful with the Smashing Pumpkins. It's almost, he has that rock star aura about him. You might feel like you can't approach him, but Billy is the most approachable person in the back. He's more than open to talk to you about his ideas and his plans and lets you spitball it with him. And it's a very much a creative and collaborative process, which is another part of the reason why I don't think we have a problem translating that passion because we all love being there and we all love being there under the NWA and carrying on that legacy and carrying on uh, Billy's vision because we all are in line with it. You know, um, take away all the stuff that Billy has done uh, in his own professional career, but he's a wrestling fan at heart and he knows the tradition and the legacy. And the part that I struggle with is the, is the criticism because he knows where he's coming from. He hasn't just bought the, the, the business and decided, oh, I'm going to be a professional wrestling promoter. He's had experience doing this with TNA in the past, you know, with other smaller promotions in the past. So this is, I think, just the culmination of all of that. And I'm excited to see where it goes because it's been going pretty well so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, it has. Yeah. I, I, and I'm with you. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where, where it's going to go too. Who are some of the wrestlers there you think that are making an influence on you or some of the guys that maybe you've, you have good chemistry working with? Yes. I love this question because I cannot wait to just give a shout out to all of the people that have been mentoring me behind the scenes. And um, I would say before I ever made it to the NWA, Damian Sandow, also known as Aaron Stevens, was one of the largest influences in my career outside of the NWF. And it took, you know, years for me to meet him. But once I met Aaron, my, my career started to evolve. My character started to evolve from you know, here's Jordan Clearwater to know here's the golden boy. And there's a distinct difference. And I think you can see that in the wrestling as time progresses. So Aaron is up there. Uh, I would say probably the largest influence in the locker room today for me is uh, Tyrus. And Tyrus has taught me so much as it relates to wrestling. But the most important thing that I'm learning uh, from Tyrus is how to speak and how to do a promo. And I don't think there's a better person in that locker room that can cut a promo than Tyrus. And so I've been so fortunate to have the psychology from Aaron, um, the, the Mike's abilities from Tyrus and the professional wrestling knowledge, but also the, the experience and lineage of Austin Idol. I mean, the heartthrob, the universal heartthrob, are you kidding me? You know, here is a literal living legend that has worked with the people that I idolize, that I'm sure you idolized growing up, you know, the Memphis television, the stories that I love to hear. There's so many good people in the back that have helped me. You know, JTG is another one. Um, I grew up watching these people on television, you know, and so it's hard to kind of separate that for a second. But I think a part of that also is what uh, makes me drawn to them so much because they know what they're talking about. I've seen them perform it on television. So, you know, I know they can translate those skills to me. And man, it's just, 
uh, Trevor Murdoch. Uh, I mean, I could go on the people in the back. They're so open to helping. It's, you know, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. When you, when you think about some of the names that you mentioned and the wealth of knowledge that these people oh. have collectively, right? Right. <laughs> Golly. I mean, can you, I mean, you have to, like, I have to take a step back because I'm sitting in the locker room and the people that are surrounding me are the people that I, you know, I owned their action figures at one point in time. I critiqued the wrestling from a performer standpoint at one point in time. And now I'm sitting next to them as they critique me and as they just give me general advice on personal and professional, the business, both sides of everything. And it's, and it's, I'm a sponge, you know, I just try to soak up everything that I can and apply, um, apply what I can because there's, it's, the learning tree is vast and the fruit is bountiful. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what is maybe one thing that you, you picked up from either Trevor Murdoch or Austin Idol, either one of those guys, H have they shared anything with you? Because man, I bet anything that comes out of their mouth is a nugget, right? Oh my gosh. I have to just, I have to talk about Austin for a second because Idol is a living promo machine. I have to tell you that Tyrus, Austin, and I, uh, Kratos, we all went to breakfast after before one of the tapings one day. And Idol's, we're just walking on the street and he's cutting a full promo. Uh, and he's just, but he's talking, he's like, he's going on about, you know, the golden boy with the golden toy, you know, the king of, the king of Clearwater Beach, you know, I've got this, like that. He's basically giving me all of these wonderful catchphrases and nuggets that as wrestlers we try to find you know like the rock can you smell what the rock is cooking you know all of these little catchphrases and unique little things to get the crowd to react and he's just you know he's just talking to me like we're talking and now and he's cutting a promo and i'm just like i need to get a notebook you know i need to write all this stuff down like this is this is so good you know and i was just like no it's easy it's easy and i'm like uh, you know, I've got this whole notebook over here of ideas that I'm like, uh, can we just wait so I can write all of this stuff down, Idol? <laughs> so he's, oh my gosh, he's great. Idol and I have such a great uh, a relationship in the locker room. I call him my NWA dad, that reason, because I, I, I take a lot from him and I think I wrestle and look a lot like him as well. <laughs> and I, I think that's important to, you know, if these guys are going to be around, right? And yes. it's, it's good that, you know, you say a lot of them are, are approachable, but boy, if they're going to be around, take advantage of their, their knowledge, right? I mean, right. these I guys mean, it's, made a lot of money in the business. Exactly. Could you, I mean, could you imagine, I mean, we're talking about, you know, uh, things that as fans, we would pay hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, just to meet and have a conversation. And, uh, you know, Tyrus is pulling me aside at the chase in St. Louis, basically giving me, you know, what I would consider a college course on how to be a professional wrestler in 30 seconds, single thing that comes out of his mouth that isn't applicable today. And not only is it applicable, but it's gold nuggets, you know, things that professional wrestlers, we pay hundreds of dollars for seminars. And these people have enough uh, guys to sit down with somebody like me of all people and express that knowledge. I mean, they don't have to do that. You know what I mean? They don't have to, but they do. And I take advantage of it every time. I'm like a sponge, man, because there's so much to learn. So talk to us a little bit about what you're doing now, where you're at and how you got there and what's going on. Yeah. So um, uh, I'm in Los Angeles, California today. Uh, I made the switch from Cincinnati to California because uh, Carl Anderson, as I mentioned earlier, had called me uh, in late 2018. 
And he said, you know, Jordan, I don't know what you're doing or what your goals or objectives are. If you want to be here and you want to be champion and, uh, you know, have a good run and just kind of do what you're doing, that's fine. Uh, if you want to do something much larger than that, then you need to get out of your comfort zone. Uh, Carl said, I can't, you know, tell you where to go. I have some connections in Los Angeles, uh, but you just need to go somewhere. And he called me and I'll never forget. I uh, packed my, th I walked into the, walked into my office the next day at work, put my two week notice down on the table and said, I'm moving to California. Um, I packed everything up in my car and moved out here two weeks later. And it was tough. It was tough because uh, nobody wanted me, you know, nobody knew who I was. I had to start from scratch and it took me some time to kind of get back on my feet a couple months. You know, I couch surfed, I lived in my car. I did a lot of the wrestler things do. I failed, I failed a lot. Uh, but eventually I started to have these little successes, you know, these little successes that, okay, I can stay six months more, you know, I'll never forget six months. in. I was calling my mom, like, mom, I got to come home. You know, this is, I can't feed myself. I'm out of money. Um, it's just, just wait, just wait six months more. You know, I got something, I got something. And then COVID happened. Um, actually, even before COVID impact happened, I got a couple matches for impact. I was like, okay, you know, things are happening. COVID happened, New Japan, NWA. And so I've been here since 2018. And uh, I plan on being here a couple more years, maybe not forever, but a couple more years to see what happens. Yeah, that that's exciting, right? I mean, yeah, it's got to be stressful when you're thinking, wow, when, when's the next call coming? Right. I mean, it's like the actors, it's like that actor's mentality. You might get a huge role. Um, they might use you for a year. Then all of a sudden you don't get a call back for the sequel and you're hoping, well, maybe the trilogy will come in and revitalize the old character, you know, but you kind of live in that same limbo state of, you know, if things aren't happening for you, you have to go out there and make things happen, you know, and that's probably the toughest part. Luckily, I've got the NWA uh, and I've had New Japan in the past. And so I want to continue to expand there. But yeah, it can be tough and it can be stressful. Uh, but at least in California, I can go to the beach or the mountains, you know, <laughs> if, I, if I'm too stressed in, in Cincinnati, all I could do is go to the cornfields, maybe. Um, no offense to Cincinnati, but still. <laughs> what, what's it like uh, wrestling for New Japan? Oh, it's just as good as the National Wrestling Alliance. Again, I could go down the list of people that have taken the time to, to work with me. You know, it's a totally different style than the NWA. Uh, uh, Japanese wrestling and American wrestling are different, no different than Lucha Libre is different from the three of them. Um, and it's tough to learn a totally new style, but it made me a better professional wrestler. We're talking people like Rocky Romero that have taken the time to sit down, Shibata, um, you know, Jay White, people that I might not have been exposed to before working for New Japan that I revere now you know El Fantasmo is one of my favorite professional wrestlers he wrestles as a super juniors and me as a heavyweight but there's things that we can take from their character and their ability in the ring that apply to all areas of wrestling so you know New Japan's great they're traveling too they've been doing a lot of huge things with AEW lately so you know being able to be a part of that locker room that's unreal yeah what what would uh Jordan of today tell the 15 year old oh, or the the jordan of 2015 what what would he <laughs> tell that guy oh man i ask myself that question every day because i have to stop myself and take a look at everything that i've done um and i'm i i try not to be egotistical i don't think i have anything to be egotistical about you know i just try to remain humble and 
Um, I think the biggest thing I would tell myself uh, back then is relax. It's going to be okay. You know, you're going to find your way. Um, don't force things that aren't meant to happen. Just relax and enjoy the journey, you know, because at one point you're going to arrive at the destination. And what I found is that the more time that we spend trying to paint the picture, the worse the picture looks. You need to hand the brush over to somebody else and just say, hey, you know, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to work out. I'm going to train and I'm going to promote, but everything else, let's just see how it happens. And because Impact, New Japan, NWA have all been right place, right time. I don't think I could have done a single thing better or different to get those opportunities. Um, so don't be so anxious, man. You know, have fun. Learn to have fun uh, because seven years went by quick and I'm afraid seven years is going to go by even quicker again. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes walking through it, you can't see the progress until you sit back and you look back and you think, wow, okay, I've, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm that's coming. right. You know, <laughs> that's right. You know, I, I uh, we sit here and we talk about, we're talking about people that I would never in a million years imagine myself sitting across the table from. And here I am having lunch in Tyrus's house in New Orleans, just, you know, watching some old school Dusty Roads and the Four Horsemen. And it's like, wow, you know what I mean? Can I just soak this in? And I have to, I have to tell G from time to time, I'm like, hey man, like you have to forgive me, but this is just so surreal for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is just so awesome. Like, can I just be human with you for one second and just say like, this means the world, you know? And so you do really have to take that time to just accept like, wow, you know, I've done a lot. <laughs> and it looks like you're having a good time. It looks like oh. you're enjoying yourself. Yes. You know, I don't enjoy myself too much. I remember the priorities, which is eating, sleeping and training. Um, but you know, when I can have a little fun, I try to have a little fun, you know, especially after the shows and uh, traveling a little bit, making some friends outside of wrestling, you know, uh, making connections just with the people that have taken time to to talk to me. It's, it's, you know, it's well worth it. It's well worth every penny. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have enjoyed talking to you very, very much. Yes. Yeah, same here. Same here. I always, like I mentioned at the beginning of these, I lately, I feel myself to be more loquacious, not elegant. Uh, but I feel like that's because I've uh, had a lot of cool experiences that I feel like I want to share. But um, when I ever have a chance to share them and to talk to somebody that appreciates them as much as I do, I just, I love to do it. So anytime. How can uh, fans follow you, follow, follow you on social media? So I am at clear like water one across all platforms. Uh, that's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, sorry, at Golden Boy was taken for whatever reason. So Clear Like Water was the most unique kind of name I could come up with uh, for my social media, but it's the same on all platforms. Um, I'm also on Cameo and a couple other places uh, in order to get some personalized messages, but all of the links are in my profile on social media. All right. Well, again, it's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better. And it was fun to talk to you about the Northern Wrestling Federation since I've been kind of researching it. So to yeah. have you kind of fill in some of the holes, it, it's been, it was really neat. Oh, certainly, certainly. Again, I couldn't have asked, a, you know, for a better home. And I don't think you could have chose a better uh, promotion. You know, the NWF has been telling these fantastic stories that, you know, a hundred to a thousand people I've seen on a weekly basis. Um, but, you know, it deserves a much larger scale than that. And I think what you're doing shines light on just some of the glimmers of brilliance in those 30 years. So it's people like you that give us the opportunity to do things that we want to do as well. So it's a, you know, it takes two to tango. 
All right. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Until next time. You're listening to the Russellville podcast where wrestling lives. PWC Podcast with Rick Del Santo. For all your wrestling reviews, interviews, and news, Rick covers the United Wrestling Network, the NWA, and the Northeast region of the United States Independence. PWC, 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 PWC keeps you in the zone. Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fulton. The Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Vault, Vault Volume, Volume 1. 1. Bill Dundee, Super Mix Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Wrestling Have you ever wondered what happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your book today on Amazon.